This episode is brought to you by The Secret Garden, starring Sierra Boggess. Now playing through March 26th at the Amundsen Theater in Los Angeles. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Winking and blinking and nod when night sailed off on a wooden shoe. Sailed down a river of crystal. Welcome to a very special podcast series celebrating the acclaimed composer Lucy Simon. This five-episode podcast celebration of Lucy Simon's music begins with a special conversation between Lucy Simon, former Rolling Stone writer, editor, and Broadway producer Lorraine Alterman Boyle. Academy Award-winning screenwriter and book writer for Broadway's Jersey Boys and Adams Family, Marshall Brickman, and finally, legendary singer and songwriter, Judy Collins. Let's begin. This is episode one, The Early Years. Lucy was one of four children, Joanna, Lucy, Carly, and Peter. Her parents, Simon & Schuster founder Richard Simon and mother Andrea, entertained the era's leading lights in music like Richard Rogers, Benny Goodman, Arthur Schwartz, and Oscar Hammerstein in their home. Her father was an accomplished pianist. Her mother had a beautiful voice, so the whole family often filled the big house in Riverdale with music. A school assignment to memorize and recite a poem prompted 14-year-old Lucy to write her first music. Because she was dyslexic, she could only memorize Eugene Field's poem, Winkin', Blinkin', and Nod, by setting it to music. Eventually, that song would launch the careers of Lucy and Carly as the Simon Sisters. The rest is history. This podcast supports the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Go to bpn.fm slash Lucy Simon to make a donation. Thank you for your kind support. Now where are you going and what do you wish? The old moon asked the three. Well, we're going out fishing for herring fish that live in the beautiful sea. Nets of silver and gold have we said, winking and blinking and nod. The old moon laughed and sang a song as they rocked in their wooden shoe. And the wind that spread them all night long ruffled the waves of dew. Um, this podcast is going to be about Lucy's early years performing as part of the Simon Sisters, who had a hit record that was in the Billboard Top 100, I think 1964, Wink and Blinkin' and Nod. Marshall Brickman, who is an Academy Award-winning screenwriter and Tony winner for Jersey Boys, um, was in the Tarriers, a folk group at that time and of course Judy Collins doesn't need an introduction because she's still performing and she was in the village in the days of the Simon sisters too um so I want to start with Lucy Lucy I 
came across an old interview I did with you in the 70s when I was still writing about rock and roll and music where you said that Winkin, Blinken and Nod actually started, I think, in high school, wasn't it? Or even earlier, eighth grade, when you had to present a poem? Yeah. Would you tell us about that? I had to recite a poem in front of my class, and I'm very dyslexic, always was. So in order to remember the poem, I had to set it to a tune, which I did. I, I just spoke the poem in class, but then I later taught it to my sister, Carly, and we sang it together, and it became a hit single. The thing I remember about those days was how collegiate we were. It was just such a wonderful group of people that we got got together. And it was not, in those days, commercial for me. I mean, I don't know. Who is the owner of The Bitter End? Fred, Fred Weintraub. Fred Weintraub. Well, <laughs> <laughs> he hired Carly and me to open for the Tarriers and Woody Allen. And he paid us $50, $50 a week for how many shows we did. It wasn't a money-making thing. And it wasn't a money-making thing in those days, for me anyway. And Judy, you taught us turn, 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 and I loved that. And Marshall, both Julie and I were, uh, not Julie, that's my daughter. Carly and I were in love with you. Oh, me too. (laughs) But Lucy, you actually came from a very musical family, so you and your other sister, Joanna, were always singing with your mother and everything, even before you and Carly decided to hit the road. Right. Well, my father was a wonderful pianist, my mother a beautiful singer, and we just always sang. It just was part of our life. I can't remember not singing. What kind of stuff did you sing around the piano when your father played? Was it pop songs, folk songs, uh, Wagner? What, What was it? Most often... Show tunes. Mm-hmm. Show tunes and, and leader. Oh, leader, oh like Fred Schubert, leader? Yeah, exactly. And then, then um, Joanna was in um, a glee club at school, and she would bring home her music, three parts, and we, we sang those. Like, D- didn't famous people like Richard Rogers hang out at your house or Oscar Hammerstein? Wasn't your father who was started Simon and Schuster, didn't he have a lot of show people friends? Absolutely. And I gotta say one of the biggest influences on my music was Arthur Schwartz, who is a oh, yes. very close friend of our families. And he would spend a lot of time and he would sing us all of his new songs. Will Durant, what about Jackie um, Robinson? Wasn't the, Jackie Robinson a neighbor well, and friend? Yes, very close friend. So it was an exciting childhood filled with different artists and talented people. What, Lucy, what did you and Carly, where did you first perform? Was it in the village or when you went to Provincetown? And I think it was 62, right? There was a, there was a, a restaurant and drinking place called The Moors in Provincetown. We started singing there. And then we, I don't, I don't remember the evolution of the Simon Sisters. We just sang, people heard us and liked us. We often sang in people's homes. Uh, Lucy, you and I met because of David Braun. No, I think it was just because of David Levine. Well, no, because here's what happened. 
I know you'll remember this. David was my lawyer, and I think he helped you out. Yeah. But he introduced you to me. But then I introduced you to David Levine. I was dating your husband. <laughs> we went out a couple of times. When I say dating, this was so innocent as not to be believed as a any kind of relationship. But there was a party after one of my shows at Carnegie Hall, and I was there, and you were there, and David was there, and I introduced you to him, and boom, that was you were married. <laughs> Within moments. <laughs> so, so we met, and just I adored you, and always have, and we've been friends for decades. In fact, I was going to, well, I'll tell you that later when you get down to other things in your career. But anyway, I adore you. Lucy is an incredible writer and, and creator of, of musicals. And when she created um, Secret Gardens, she called me one day. I knew about the songs. I've always wanted to hear everything she writes because she's so spectacular. And of course, and she called me up and said, would you mind singing the uh, the I suppose the 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 songs. How could I ever know you sang? It was so beautiful. Yes, mm. and come, come to my garden. Da, 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 da. And so I got to sing those songs as a preparation for your um, uh, workshops. Back, I guess. Backers audition. So or whatever, I was yeah. I was beyond over the moon to sing those songs. Oh boy! How could I ask for anything more? <laughs> so and so Lucy and I have always talked about everything right right through the years and and also because our birthdays are close we always talk to each other around those times in the year we're may babies we're Tauruses of I, course here's an interesting thing Judy I sometimes didn't know whether you wrote something or I wrote <laughs> <laughs> I know. She said one day she called me and she said I was playing the, the blizzard, which I wrote, right. and thinking, I just wrote the most wonderful song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and Lucy has every every right really to step into that role because on the show in Aspen where I was singing a big concert with Christofferson, remember, Lucy was the musical director it was a big show for a and e the uh, the channel the television channel and that for that show i wrote the blizzard and for the first time i sang it on that stage and lucy was our was our musical director so she has a good a good right to be an owner in many <laughs> ways of that song well we were so close Really, that we all didn't know. I mean, maybe you did, but I didn't know whether I wrote it or you wrote it. Yeah, exactly. Did I, did I write that or did Judy write it? <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that Marshall, yes, both you and Lucy left the village, went through other incarnations, different things. Lucy did two solo albums and a couple of children's albums. Who, the children's albums, by the way, won Grammys for children's albums in Harmony 1 and 2. And, but, and Marshall did many films, of course. But you both somehow ended up in musical theater. Um, Marshall with Jersey Boys at first and Lucy Secret Garden. It's kind of an interesting thing. We, we don't often find that um, 
in on Broadway, for instance. Would you like to talk about that? How you how you ended up doing uh, shows, Lucy, and also Marshall, although you didn't write the music. I got tired of writing and singing songs that were so personal, so I wanted to get into storytelling. So I got the rights for Little House and Prairie. That didn't happen, but it led the way to my getting the job of writing the music for the Secret Garden. And I was so happy to be able to write for other people. What a gem for not only other women, but for men, for situations. It was just a joy. What do you write on? In your head, on the piano, and the guitar, on the guitar? I'm curious. You know, I write a lot in my head. And then I, I, I write singing. You know, I sing it. Oh, really? Like, and I put it on tape. Like most of them. I'm not good with writing mm-hmm. notes. Right. Still dyslexic. Can't do it. Are you musically dyslexic? When you look at a sheet of music, do you start playing from the right side? Of the <laughs> I have a very active right brain and no left brain. <laughs> Interesting. And Marshall, how did you end up starting out in folk music? And well, we know you were writing for Dick Cavett and all kinds of stuff. But I mean, what what led you to Broadway? It's all uh, accidents. It's every step I've taken has been to avoid falling on my face. You know, so there's never been any life plan or agenda. But the short version is that a friend of mine who was very involved in the musical theater, Rick Ellis, who at that time was working at Sereno Coin, which is the advertising agency that handles the advertising for most of the Broadway shows. And he was the creative director. And some guy had contacted him with the with the um, um, catalog of the Four Seasons. And he said, this guy wants to make a musical. And I deferred, demurred, because um, uh, it wasn't my cup of tea. I was a folk a banter player and ex, you know, comedy writer. And he gave me the double album of uh, all these songs, you know, Walk Like a Man and so on. And I was knocked out by it. Uh, and I was a convert. I drank the Kool-Aid. We wrote it. Uh, and before we knew it, uh, it was on. We had no hopes. We had a 400 this, uh, Lucy will understand this. When we came to New York, we had a $400,000 advance, which is like no advance, you know. Mm-hmm. So we depended on word of mouth, and, uh, God, and whoever. So that's, that's, it was a friend. I was dragged into it. And you know that I, that I met Marshall in 19, oh my God. It was 60, 1960 in Chicago with the Terriers, and I was opening for the Terriers. The so I know. Horn, the Blue Angel? What was it? It was the Gate, Gate of Horn. I didn't ever work the Blue Angel, although I yearned to, but I didn't. So we've known each other all Forever. these years. Amazing. I, yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> almost as long, almost as I've known Lucy, the, four, the three of us That's have right. been uh, bonded. At the hips for all these Can years. Can we get adjacent uh, Adirondack chairs at the home, you think? <laughs> I, I, I think so. Music barn. The, <laughs> the music barn, yes, oh, the music barn. Stockbridge, yeah. where was that? Stockbridge, so yeah, Stockbridge. Oh, Dan Sabiano? No, what was his name? <laughs> right. So it's been a long time. Yes. 
that was <laughs> that was at a time when Carly had had this just passion for Odetta, and Odetta. Oh yes, Odetta was singing there, and yeah. One, one night we were at the potting shed, was it? And the and potting Odetta shed. Odetta yes. sat in in the front seat where Carly and I were performing. Mm. Carly mm. looked down and she fainted. Oh my God. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did a solo. <laughs> did you guys ever play at, at Gertie's Folk City? Uh, yes, Gertie's Folk City. I came there um, and I'm sure, I'm sure that Lucy and Carly must have played Probably. The Folk City. I, I arrived there in 1961. I was the headliner, and I was quite surprised because I'd only been doing this for a couple of years. But, you know, it was very word of mouth, mm -hmm. wasn't it? I mean, mm -hmm. you know that Odetta's husband, Danny Gordon, was my manager for a couple of years. I didn't know that. I thought we were all yeah. Leventhal. Uh, we then went, of course, to to Harold quickly after that. But but uh, but uh, Danny helped me. He got me a couple jobs, not a lot, but you know it was word of mouth. You know the clubs, it at the Gate of Horn. Then Alan Riback would call the people in New York and say, "We she sold some tickets, so why don't you hire her?" And uh, I got to the the. Gertie's Folk City was, I was the headliner. And I looked around and everybody was there. You might have been there too, but uh, Peter, Paul, and Mary was there before they were Peter, Paul, and Mary. And Peter used to say, now, if this doesn't work out with Mary, keep your, keep your schedule clear. <laughs> and, and so then I looked around and I realized everything, everybody was there, really. Ramblin' Jack Elliott was there. Dave Van Ronk was there. And... Then I was told and I saw that my opener was a 13-year-old named Arlo Guthrie. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So, you know, we know each other a long time. It's just such a nice community. It was. It's a lovely community. It is. so supportive of each other. There was, Absolutely. There was Absolutely. I think it was just all love and... Exactly. Lo love and marches against the I war was just going to say, love in a very turbulent <laughs> that, time. I think that's right. Exactly. Love right. In a turbulent time. And, and no money. <laughs> and no money. <laughs> but you had fun. <laughs> and it led to great things for all of you. Thank you. I love you all. You've all been friends of mine, maybe only since the late 60s. But uh, we've all been together and through a lot. So <laughs> thank you. And I look forward yes, to more coming. Please stay tuned for the rest of the episodes in this five-episode series. Tremendous thanks to our guests Lucy Simon, Marshall Brickman, Judy Collins, and to our episode host, Lorraine Alterman-Boyle, with narration by me, Lucy Boyle. This episode is produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and Kimberly Garris for the Broadway Podcast Network. Executive producers are Lorraine Boyle and Liz Armstrong. Associate producer is Henny Konisberg. This series is edited by Alan Seals and Dory Berenstein. Thank you to Victoria Traub, Sean Flavin, and Concord Music for their tremendous support and partnership on this very special project. Find out more about Lucy Simon, how to support the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, and more ways to listen to this podcast by visiting bpn.fm slash Lucy Simon.
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 